Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. episode of Black Girls Texting. It's chat day in the building. Joined by Chelsea Pinky and Glenn Pogue. Bedside brats. Um, the bedside brats. Um, what? What, 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 what? On what? red or reply, kick it off. Sis. On red or reply. So we're recording today when a tragedy occurred um, in our hometown borough of Brooklyn, New York. Um, a person who is seemingly very unwell shot at um innocent people riding the train yeah um in sunset park brooklyn and i don't know what the updates will be when this episode airs but as of right now he's still on the loose and for one we just all want to have a moment to acknowledge the people who had to go through that and hope that everyone's okay So, so far it seems like no one is in like critical condition to my knowledge um and just hope that everyone is well and safe and yeah just acknowledge how fucking crazy and unfortunate it is that we live in a world that these things are happening yeah it's Um, dark yeah so i would say before we jump into you know the the joyous bits we wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that do you ladies have anything else to say on it no no okay that leads me to my on red. Um, I feel like our government has just been like slacking lately and like there's just so much crazy shit going on. And I've been seeing a lot of people post about like how much the mayor has increased like police presence in the train stations because the trains have not been as safe. And like, there's this whole push to um, make sure that homeless people aren't riding the train. Um, And just interesting legislation that feels very dated to me, whereas like so many of our politicians have run on progress and change and having things that like, are more community-based. And I feel like they're just bullshitting us. Um, I listened to a whole daily episode and multiple other conversations around like how Biden was claiming that he was going to make so much reform to like climate change. And now he's like, oh, actually forget it. And a lot of people think that he's like leaning away from that because midterm elections are coming up. And so he doesn't want to upset people and like climate change is such a hot, hot topic, but I'm like, you ran on all this progressive shit and now none of that is on the table. Um, and it's frustrating. It sucks because I think the older you start to get, you start to realize how much this stuff impacts you. And it also makes you feel, even though you knew you can't trust politicians, it really makes you feel like you can't trust them. And that is a thing. So, yeah. Hey, Lord help me. Do you have a happy reply? Because my unread is also very doom and gloom. Uh, doom and gloom. Um, I guess what I'm going to... I was going to say, depending on what Chelsea says, we could do doom and then do happiness. But, okay, do your thread. Go. I'm um, also looking at the time. <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to leave fentanyl on red. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Are you watching that fucked up show? 
Oh no, sorry. That's different. No. Well, it's so weird. I was talking with somebody that's out here in Mexico city about like just high school relationships and stuff. And I was telling her about this guy that I used to hook up with in high school. Actually, it was like from my freshman, sophomore year of college. And she was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I knew him. You know, he died. Right. And I was like, (gasps) what? Like, I haven't spoken to him since then. I would see him kind of out and about. I know he had moved to LA and based on just some, he's somewhat of a public persona figure. I, it seems to me that it was um, an overdose and oh. I was just like looking up fentanyl and because I, you know, and I, I was thinking of this because I have a lot of friends that just dabble and I'll be out with the girls and they just go, 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 go. And you just never fucking know. Um, rates of overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids and fentanyl is a type of an opioid, which I didn't, I kind of knew this, but it's in, in medical, like medically it's used to treat um severe pain, like advanced cancer pain, but folks will put it into like cocaine and, and heroin. And there have been in, there's been an increase of 16% of drug overdoses, death, death related, whatever, um, since 2018 to 2019, um, more than 36,000 people died from overdoses in 2019. And the death counts are even higher as of May, 2020. And there's thoughts that it's correlated with the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, and it's just fucking dark. And it was just, I, of course, cause I get obsessed with things. I was on the man's page all last night, just like looking through his shit. Cause it's just so odd to have known somebody like that. And then they're just gone, but I didn't know them in all the time that was in between. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just like weird. Yeah. So that's my doom. Yeah. Mine is not as intense or serious okay um i just um and i know this topic is kind of old and crusty but i mean it's not even going to be timely because this episode comes out so damn late but will getting 10 years i think was too much oh barred 10 years from the academy yeah i think 10 years is a yeah lot. i don't even like i feel like that world is so made up that i'm like i don't really understand what that even means i guess he can't vote no i know i know like what he can't do but i'm just kind of like i just don't happen in the past is there like a precedent so like i think someone has been barred in the past but it took them like a year or something to even come up with the decision like Mm -hmm. they did this so fast and like i don't know it just seems like even this isn't the justice system but even like in this system it's like right people like (laughs) right right right. go get unfair sentencing um but yeah mine is not that serious at all so let's go to the replies yeah anything making you guys happy positive news so like spring is coming and like i have found that as you get older young listeners if you're hearing this as you get older, you literally have to schedule time to hang out with your friends. Yes, you need to put your fucking friends in yep. your calendar and um, be really intentional and like when you see friends. And so I've been making so many plans with friends. Like two weekends ago, I was at a friend's birthday party and we decided like we're going to have a bowling night, like a double date bowling night. And like we actually like scheduled the day and scheduled the time <laughs> and picked the restaurant, did the whole thing. And it was so fun. And it was funny because the guys were all like, 
oh, we're only doing this because the girls want to go. And then like they had they the had time of ball. their lives bowling and like had so much fun. And they were like, can we do this again? Like, what's our next activity going to be? And like, it's just fun because like you work so much and everyone has their own lives. So it's nice to be able to like have that time. And also like it's carved out and you know, you're dedicated, dedicating it to spending with other people. So I think you're just like more focused and more excited and like have tons of upcoming plans with friends. And I'm really looking forward to it. Like people I haven't seen in a really long time. So I'm excited. I love that. Yeah. love that. Um, I'm going to reply to feeling like a rich bitch in Mexico. And just you are very rich. Oh, very rich. Ooh, asterisk that, that. Yeah, that's say. sounding colonizing. It did. I knew as soon as I was going to say that, that it was Colonizer. wrong. That's not what I should say. <laughs> I've just been out here because I've been working all, I work so much every day. It's ridiculous. So then most evenings, I'll just like take myself out to dinner and I just like in indulge myself and you can just have the most beautiful meals here and I had like a four course dinner that was not four courses I just ordered a bunch of different shit and I made my own (laughs) pairings and shit and at the very end they brought me out this like um tiramisu that you're supposed to eat in one bite and y'all when I put it in my mouth tears came to my eyes like I (laughs) cried it was like I I I out loud I said wow like it was so (laughs) amazing i'll never forget it and i just been feeling very bougie and just treating myself and yeah it feels beautiful i think that's beautiful as long as you are also taking your money and distributing it amongst the community in a nice equitable manner oh leaving t- oh oh yes big tips okay. big tips <laughs> We love it. And everyone um, else, don't go be a fucking colonizer in Mexico City, especially if you are white. I said it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, I, for my reply, I'll say having guests. I feel like I've said this already, but whatever. We had family here this weekend yeah. and it's been great. And tomorrow we have friends coming in. So this spare bedroom is getting a lot of play. Um, but when uh, our family was here this weekend, something really funny happened. So I was going to save it for the Patreon, but what the heck? I'll share it here. Ooh, a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> a Patreon exclusive. So my um, soon-to-be sister-in-law was basically like, do you want to... Or like, let's do like a spa thing. Like, do you go to spas out here? And like, I get facials, but not necessarily spas. By the way, I found an incredible facialist. Um, she's, we'll talk about her later. We should actually probably have her on the show. Skin is perfect. And like, mm. I cannot wait to see what she does with mine. But anyways, um, we wanted to go to a spa. So I ask, who do I ask? I ask Erica of Good Moms, Bad Choices. Um, and she goes, yeah, go to this, uh, this spa. So I take a recommendation and I'm like, oh yeah, my I'm going God, my mother-in-law. And I'm going with my no. sister-in-law. So we pull up and like, it's like off the, sh- off of Crenshaw. And it was like a neighborhood. I didn't really know, but it was also in Koreatown. I don't know. I'm still learning the city. So I look and I'm like, oh, it doesn't really look that nice on the outside. And then we go in and it looks beautiful. So we go in, we put on our slippers, put our things in the locker, we have on our bathing suits. We're getting ready for our treatment. Before you go into the treatment, they ask you to soak your body because we got like a full body scrub, kind of like what we did in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Full body scrub, massage, everything. So we go into the room with the pool and everyone in there is but ass. But ass. And the lady's like, oh, no bathing suit. Oh, Chelsea. So I'm like, 
I am so sorry. My friend neglected to tell me that this was a nude lady spa. Ah! And I'm here with my future mother, my future sister. And I don't know what to do. What did y'all do? What did you so, do? So my sister goes, oh, it's okay. Yes. The mom goes, yeah, who cares? <laughs> Love it. And we literally are in this fucking hot tub, <laughs> ass naked, having a conversation. But it was really fun. It was I'm like obsessed. a cute bonding experience. That's so cute. Um, very much unexpected. But like when you guys come, if you guys are down, we should definitely go. Because yeah. it's like down. they have like a salt pool. They have an mm-hmm. ice pool. They have a warm pool. And then they have all these rooms, like an oxygen room or regular sauna. And then afterwards, I text um, Erica and Mandy, actually, because I had hit them both up. Um, And I was like, you bitches did not tell me that this shit was naked. And they're like, you know, we some naked ass bitches. <laughs> and I'm like. You should have known, girl. I should have fucking known. I thought it was going to be like a fucking happy ending massage place when we first started the story. And I was like, oh, my Jesus. Imagine. No, it was definitely the women are super professional. Like it was it was great. Um, So, yeah, I'll reply to that just the weekend in general and like those little surprise moments. We had like a few just like good bonding experiences, but it was really fun. Um, speaking of the sunscreen thing, my hotline was blinging all weekend with notifications because we posted this, uh, question about how would you feel if your friend asked your man to rub sunscreen on her back? We talked about this on a past episode and y'all, y'all were active in these comments. Opinionated. I love seeing how much y'all be passionate and the engagement in the comments with y'all is so much fun. And so fun. create yes. more room for discourse like this in the future. And people are just hilarious. Somebody said, um, this is another reason why I only buy sunscreen. She could have just got a little tist, tist. And right. this would have been avoided. And she wrote <laughs> a little tist, tist, T-S-S-T, T-S-S-T. Oh, wait, that's hilarious. So funny. My mom also stepped into the shade room. Wait, your mom commented? Yeah, you didn't see that? I didn't see that. Yeah, of course she was aligned with me, like mother, like daughter. I'm fucking dead. Now she <laughs> stepped into the shade room. It really felt like the shade room. It in did. There. I mean, here's another uh, alternative opinion. Someone said it's sunscreen. Like if you're thinking that hard into it, I feel like it just reflects you and your intentions. Also, you should want a friend and a boyfriend to have some sort of relationship. As the only single person in multiple friend groups, that literally means I can't reach my back and you're around me. Not everything is that deep. But I can't reach my back thing. I'm not buying that. <laughs> Every single morning you get up and you lotion yourself unless you're so walking actually, around with ashy ass back. I actually thought about it today and I was like, I probably don't get my back that well because I'm. But you get it. I'm not saying you get, get well, it. but you yeah. get it. Your back will be it. fine. Right. I also had a white friend step into the shade room, not in the comments, but like we had a conversation about it. And he was like, are are there people here who actually like require over SPF 50 in the comments? And there were some well, white women racist. in the comments. Of course, we all require over SPF. We all require the sunscreen. <laughs> because he was like, this is clinical Some for to me. read a book. <laughs> well, per, per him, is it's clinical and dangerous if he's not reapplying every hour. It is for all of us. And I'm like, message. I wouldn't know that. I don't, I don't live that. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Now that spring is well underway, let's swap out the winter look with a spring refresh. Our friends at Ulta Beauty recommended a few of the following must-haves. Starting with the eyes, Juvia's Place Allure 3 Eyeshadow Palette. Indulge and be intrigued with Juvia's Place Queen Series, which holds six shades in each palette. That will give you a bright and refreshed look. Next, check out Black Opal True Color Skin Perfecting Stick Foundation with SPF 15. It comes in 21 shades. This long-wearing foundation delivers full coverage with a velvety finish to define your natural features. Complete this initial spring refresh with Mented Cosmetics Lip Gloss. These lip glosses are buttery, smooth, non-sticky, and perfect for day-to-night wear. And they come in seven colors. But remember, this is only the beginning of your spring refresh, so head over to Ulta Beauty and shop now, in-store or online for all your essential spring refresh looks. Hey group chat, it's your girl Sade, and y'all know I am the queen of self-care, and I'm about to tell you more about how you can spring forward into the new season feeling good. This spring, I know we're all craving a getaway and some much-needed time off to reconnect with ourselves. Whether you're going far away or sticking closer to home, the getaway you're dreaming of is closer than you think. Take a real spring break at European Wax Center. European Wax Center are the experts in waxing for everyone. When you visit a European Wax Center, you get the best of the best. Their certified wax specialists are expertly trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin. They're going to make you feel brand new. So don't wait for summer to get away from it all and recharge. Book yourself a moment of smooth with the wax experts. They even have an online booking system that makes getting a reservation super simple and forward and an app you can use. It's the EWC app to book your waxing service. Take a real spring break and book yourself a moment of smooth at European Wax Center. Make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. This episode of Black Girls Texting is sponsored by This Is L. This Is L is period care inspired by nature. L tampons contain organic cotton without the organic price, and they have a 100% organic cotton core. L is the number one cotton brand in feminine care in the United States, and I can let you know that all of our group chats are talking about it. Actually, just the other day, my homegirl came over and she saw my box of This Is L out in my bathroom, and she literally screamed and we had a nice little key about how much we love the brand and how much using it makes us feel like we're doing something good for the earth and also makes us feel good that we're not putting something in our body that can be harmful. So we definitely suggest that you check out This Is L. Go to thisisl.com and tell them that Black Girls Texting sent you. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. My goodness, that's a black girl doing shit. So this week we have a return black girl doing shit. We have Mistress Marley on with us. She actually joined us on episode 83. And now we're back almost 100 episodes later, which is kind of weird to think about. (laughs) Um, For those of you who don't know Mistress Marley, first of all, where have you been? Because I feel like I've been seeing you everywhere. Um, She is a financial dom who holds an undergraduate and graduate degree in the human sciences. Uh, She also newly owns her own dungeon called Whips Dungeon. Um, I'm excited to hear more about this. Um, (laughs) You also uh, founded, last time we spoke, you founded Black Dom Sorority um, and Pink Matrix. Mm -hmm. And 
black and kinky. Yes. So a lot of businesses <laughs> and we really wanted to invite you on this week, especially, I mean, this month, especially because we're talking a lot about like financial freedom as black women. And I'm like, who best to tell us about finances and financial freedom other than a financial dom that's killing it. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, I also want to point out that Mistress Marley has a new Instagram. Um, yeah. It is Marley Mistress. That is M-A-R-L-E-E-M-I-S-T-R-E-S-S. And that kind of leads me into my first question. This is your fifth Instagram? Sixth? Oh my gosh. So I honestly wanted to talk about that because I was looking back through our emails and the first time we ever talked or I was on the podcast was before the pandemic. It was yep. February, February 9th, 2020. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy because at that time I was still kind of like, starting out you know I hadn't started teaching yet online I hadn't started doing any of that and I was just pretty much just coming into my own but since then I have literally have had like eight Instagrams now this might be number nine or ten. Oh my goodness but why why is that why does I your literally have no idea why Instagram keeps deleting me oh. um yeah so it's a deletion thing it's not me just doing it just because so I want to say shortly after the pandemic hit by summer 2020, I had got up to like 25k followers. And then by the next year, it was it was March 2021, they deleted me. That's so crazy that this is still happening because I went back and listened to episode 83. And on that episode, I think you were on your fifth Instagram. And you were saying that you thought you figured out the loophole for getting deleted, deleted, which was changing your gender from uh, female to male. And for a while, they weren't deleting you. Wow. Yes, so yeah. I, I, I pretty much learned now through, I, I mean, I've tried everything. There's even sex workers where we've had like support groups over this because like we are always getting deleted. I've learned now that there's really no way around it. It's just, a, it's just chance. It's just your luck. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Speaking about hustles and running your own business, how much does your social media play into like the way you support yeah. yourself? How big of a part of it is it your business? It, it plays 100%. So being a sex worker, times have changed. So back in the day, sex work culture was if a client wanted to see a sex worker, they had to know someone that knew the hotline number or be able to go like behind the scenes and ask. Now it's like you can just get on social media and a client or sub can find a dom right away or find an OnlyFans person right away or a stripper, right? Like whatever, like we're all out there on social media promoting ourselves. And there's so many more sites now popping up for us to promote ourselves. So social media plays a hundred percent in my business from my subs to my events I have to my classes, everything. So it's like, it's the Mecca right now, unfortunately, because it could be here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Which it's like, it sucks. Yeah. I feel like we should go to the most obvious of questions. If people haven't listened to our previous episode or don't know you, what exactly is a financial dom or like thin dom? So the definition I like to use when explaining it to people is I take men's money for fun. But the technical definition is it's a psychological kink that involves a submissive party handing over their money to a dominant party, whether it's through a wallet drain, meeting them at an ATM, um, humiliating them. A lot of it deals with humiliation, but overall it's a monetary exchange for nothing in return. So 90 5% of my clients are virtual, so I've never met them in person, never will meet them in person. Most I might do is a Zoom like this or something, um, but that's pretty much the gist of it. And what the wallet drain? <laughs> <laughs> 
So a wallet drain is like when you're, when I'm taking the subs money over a period of time. So like they'll hit mm. me up like, Marley, I want to do a drain. And then usually what it is, is I'll get on Skype or even we'll just do text messages. And so I'll say every five minutes, you have to send me this amount. Mm. Every 10 send me this amount. Every time you do something I don't like, you have to send this. So you're draining their wallet in a small like amount of time. Wow. And are these people like wealthy or do you have a variety of different types of clients? It's a variety. So when I first started out, I had this kind of like thing where I just thought it was only wealthy men sending me money. But then I started getting like college boys. Um, I started getting like nine to fivers, construction workers. I've had a few like police officers. Like I've had so many different types of people in different industries that now, like when someone hits me up, I pretty much you have some subs that would be like, oh, I'm a Wall Street, blah, blah, blah. I want to tell their job. and But for the most part, you will never know their job. So it's like, I don't ask if they just send the money. <laughs> and what do you know about like the psychology of that kink? Like, what are people getting off on? I think the psychology is that um, a lot of the men that do send me money are in higher positions of power. Like a good majority of them, they're used to being in control all the time. But to have to relinquish that control to me in ways of, giving me their money, the ways they support themselves and knowing they will never meet me or see me in person. It's kind of a thing of, like I said, a lot of, a lot of about Fendom is humiliation. So it's a humiliation of it all. It's me calling them a loser as I'm taking their money and them just loving it. Um, just the overall view of just like, with some of them, it's a fantasy. For some of them, they feel like, oh, she's taking my money. I can't do anything about it. Knowing that they could do something about it and not send it. But it's, it's different types of things that go into play with it. I find power dynamics so interesting in like kings because I find like I'm such a sub, but I think because in life I'm <laughs> such a dominant person that I'm like, ah, like to your point, like, oh no, yeah, what can yeah. I do? So I totally get that. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. So I also, when I, when I first found you online, it was because of this picture that went viral and it was you with a white guy on a leash. I believe you were at an HBCU um, on the campus. And I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? I need to know everything. Is race play still a part of your work? So I don't refer to it as race play because race play amongst just black doms is something that's kind of like can be triggering or can like have a bad connotation to it because usually when you see race play and kink it's the other way around it's mm. have some very sick people and I call them sick because that's who I believe they are you have some very sick people that will use race play in a sense of making a black woman their slave knowing that's very real for us knowing that's something that our ancestors went through and you know all that so race play is usually used in that sense what I do is I do reparations. Mm-hmm. So with my subs send me money and gifts and things like that as reparations for being a black woman or whatever. And I also give my subs basically the opportunity and the control over being able to refer to themselves as things. So my subs will come to me and say, I'm a white loser before I can even call them one. I'm a, a white dork, a white nerd. I'll never amount to you. You're great, whatever. So usually most of those subs, they come to me with those. There's never a oh, I'm going to seek out a sub just to call him a white piece of shit or whatever. It's always a consent thing. Um, so I, I just like to use the word reparations. Okay, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. It's <laughs> reparations. I remember on episode 83, um, and I'll keep referring to it because I do want people to hear the our intro to you. You had someone do like a Black History Project. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with that. Yeah, really legendary. Oh, 
So um, the Black History Project idea came from um, another sex worker, Mistress Velvet, um, may they rest in peace. Um, you know, they always put into their work about having these subs do Black history projects and Black history work and really read like Black history novels and stuff like that, especially when like pertaining to Black women. So that's something that I uh, took inspiration from and put into what I do. And it's just something I still even do now. Love so that. you were talking about getting your reparations and just so many different mm-hmm. streams of income that you have in your multiple businesses. How are you making your money stretch or do you have different investments? Mm-hmm. How are you like maximizing on your, your work, I guess? So I definitely, I have a stock portfolio. I have a Roth IRA that I use. Um, I also now have my own dungeon, which is bringing in multiple, you know, streams of income because not only can doms book us for their private sessions, but we're open for all types of events, whether it's a kinky event or not, you can use it in our space. So I have that also, I have my teachings, I have my passive income, which is subs, just sending things. So there's never, um, there's never a day that goes by where I'm like, how am I making money today? It just kind of just, I wake up in the morning and just see mad like notifications from Cash App, Venmo and stuff like that, that people have sent over. So it's just something where it's like, I come from a background where I did not learn financial responsibility, came from a really big family. Financially, we made it work, but we weren't like, we didn't have the most money. So for me now, it's still a learning process in what I do. But the best thing about it is I have a lot of friends that are business women. Like most of my crew my girl gang is black business women so we all just feed off each other and really just help each other grow and reach our goals are they in the same industry as you or they come from various industries yeah so they're in the same industry as me which makes it even better yeah Um, my best friend here goddess rue i opened the dungeon with her Mm. um so we're able to work together and we're able to it feels good to like be able to vent to somebody about work problems and they understand what (laughs) problems are like me just venting to a vanilla person, and that's what we call people that aren't kink. Me like <laughs> just venting, me venting to a vanilla person. They don't see my problems as problems. They're just like, just block them. I'm like, it's more than just that. Like, there's things that we have to deal with too as sex workers that we have to see that we don't want to. So we do with little microaggressions too. I also love and commend that you are like building off of your brand to like turn it into something else. Like you have like an actual. I mean, I don't know if it would be considered brick and mortar, but like a physical space and like, you know, like all these businesses that you've been able to parlay um, from your financial dom, like persona and that work. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to you. Thank yeah. You. Uh, Empire. Yeah. Thank you. We really wanted to have you on because like Chelsea mentioned this month, we're talking about like finances and financial literacy. And I think people think very vanilla or cut and dry in terms of like oh like how can you make more money or like what can you do or like the different ways in which you can build wealth but like Mm -hmm. one we here all believe that like sex work is real work and then the way that you can like parlay or hustle the the hustle like there's seems like it could be endless but Mm -hmm. what do you feel around people who might not feel like your work is quote-unquote work um like how do I feel about them yeah or like do you think that (laughs) if there if things were like legal or there like or there was like more I guess like some sex work is considered legal but if it was less I guess stigmatized like people would respect it more like what are your thoughts on that I think there's always going to be an issue when it comes to a woman more importantly a black woman taking control of her sexuality 
and not only taking control of her sexuality and who she is as this badass woman, but making money from it and making good money from it. So usually the issues, you know, and I even come into these issues when it comes to dating and just personal life, when it comes to talking to people, usually they don't see our work as work because they believe that we're just laying down naked, mm-hmm. taking pictures and stuff. But it's like to be a sex worker, it's so much that goes into it. Like we are our own payroll, HR, scheduling system. Like if something, if something of my computer equipment or something breaks, I have to replace that. I can't rely on an office to replace it for me or anything of that nature. So it's so many things that go into our work. I pretty much think that sex work should be decriminalized and not legalized. Only because when it comes to legalization, we see how this world moves with capitalism. And I just see that moving into a very dark place. Also with decriminalization, it pretty much just allows allows us to move with free reign. It gets rid of, rid of those pimps. It gives us the ability to say if, say if I do have a client and something happens with this client and they harm me, I'm able to go tell the police because I don't have to worry about, oh, now they're going to turn on me and arrest me because they see I'm a sex Right. Yeah or do and it has happened in a lot of cases with people so i i believe in it just being decriminalized um being able to let us keep these safe spaces because i mean even something as small as an instagram deletion can be life or death for a sex worker um you know just being able because not only do you you lose your source of income from losing your instagram but you lose your community that you built you lose Mm -hmm. people talk to and connect with if something was going on because the sex work community like we we all we got like if there's something with a client that's crazy whatever we make those blacklists to be like don't meet up with this person they're crazy yeah. and if we did we don't have that so you know when people look at my job and say like is it really work or whatever I used to over explain myself to them but then I was like at the end of the day people just jealous that sex is always gonna sell whether we in recession a pandemic whatever the world ending somebody's still gonna want to get off so it's like i'm still gonna be making my money so high key is a very stable industry in some ways right (laughs) also when when thinking about because i even think about our podcast right so it's we do have our brand as like an llc um i'm sure you have all your brands or many of them like legit so Mm -hmm. can you write off things like outfits like Outf- like yeah. lingerie if if you wanted to get like a bbl if you wanted to get not a whatever BBL. You oh my gosh like, some sex yeah. workers do like yeah i know a lot of sh- like cardi b got her bbl when she was in the strip club um but like things like that can you write that off as like a legit expense yeah so actually i did my taxes this year i did them last year too i've done them every year since i've been a sex worker and a lot of these things you can write off so for instance with me like um I write off, like, I use a content room in my apartment for my content. So I write that part off. I write off my Ubers when I have to go back and forth to the dungeon and meet clients so to have classes. Um, I write off my lingerie, my camera equipment, my ring, anything that's used for whatever I'm doing. Also, on top of that, I throw events. So all the decorations I have to buy, all the um, employees I hire, all the... Like from catering to everything you can think of, there's so many things that can be written off as a sex worker. And the funny thing is, I see a lot of people on the internet like to poke fun at us when they see us making money, like, hope you're doing your taxes, the IRS is going to get you. And I'm like, well, first of all, most of the sites you see us on, OnlyFans and things, they make us file that paperwork. Right. So we have no support. So, you know, it's always it's always ignorance be- behind, there's ignorance behind sex work. But there's a lot of ignorance behind what we do financially. 
like how we spend our money, what we do with our money. People think we're irresponsible because we're sex workers and that's not always the mm-hmm. case. Yeah. And I remember we were talking about, I can't pronounce the law. Is it FAFSA-SESTA? Uh, fasta Yeah. Okay. Can you explain to our listeners what that is? So sesta fasta is the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act. Um, so what it is, is when you think about it, when people hear like what it stands for, the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act, the first thing in your mind is like, oh, that's great. It's going to stop enabling sex trafficking. But really what used for, it has not been really used for its purpose. It's been used really to harm sex workers that aren't sex trafficked. So for instance, there, I'll give you an example. Say if you have an escort that goes, goes into a hotel bar and she wants to scout for clients so she goes to the bar to sit by herself right there's hotels that can say that she's a, that she's sex trafficking without even oh. knowing her sex trafficked and they they have the right to approach that person and ask them what they're doing so it comes down to like us being even discriminated or being judged before people even know us so the intent was supposed to be well but it has not been well it's it's why so many instagram pages are getting deleted it's why so many things are getting taken down it's why anything that sex workers do they try to equate it to sex trafficking oh you're sex trafficking you're sex trafficking like it's it's crazy so it's really been more harmful to us than helpful that's so interesting because it's also just like another example of like laws attacking women in general like i know that there are male sex workers but I'm sure that this is affecting women disproportionately, like, yeah. you know, than it is men. Like we've, we're seeing all these like anti-abortion laws and like all these things that are like an attack on women. Yeah. And what it is, is like, it, it makes people look at us as if, you know, cause some of us aren't sex work by choice. Some of us aren't, which, you know, it's horrible. It's sad. And, you know, that's why I work, work daily to do what I can do within my community, whether it's donate money, get people the help they need, the mutual aid fund, whatever. But they look at us as like, if you're in sex work, did you choose to do that? Who's forcing you? Like, it's, it's always like questions like that, that we get. And it's like, no one forced me. Like I made this choice to be here, you know? So, you know, sometimes it's taking away our choice. Yeah. It's ignoring your autonomy. Yeah. Kind of switching gears a little bit um, because you have this dungeon. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of, Black people in the kink space, in the play space. And maybe this has been happening more like underground in the past, but like publicly now, I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere and it seems really beautiful. I don't know if you just have any thoughts on that, anything that you've noticed and just the community with, of of like people into kink, Black people in kink specifically. I, I love it. I love it. I'll say the last time I talked to you guys, which was February 9th, 2020, there was definitely not a lot of Black kink pages up. I mean, I was, you know, I had my page and people were coming to me for the source of certain stuff. But then during the pandemic, so many pages popped up. So many people started exploring. I absolutely love it. It's to the point where I've like collaborated with so many kinky people, even through my events, because, you know, majority of my events cater to black people only. So it's like just having yes. them. In- yeah, no white people allowed, like none whatsoever. Like, no, um, <laughs> unless they're cleaning up at the end. That's fine. Like, no. Obsessed. <laughs> But um, I've met a lot of Black people through these spaces. So, you know, even opening Whip's Dungeon was big for us. We're one month old and we've already just done so many things in there. So it's like, you know, just to be able to give Black people a space where they feel like they don't have to deal with microaggressions. And that's why we built Whip's because, I mean, even me renting from other white doms in the city, it was just always just something. Like, they just always clocking you, just being passive aggressive. It was you know, the space is well needed. Yeah, for sure. It's also so funny how much like we've all grown 
um, yes. since that first oh. episode. Texting for all the growth. I see it. Yes. Yes. I was listening. I was like, oh my goodness. This <laughs> deleted. I try to refine everybody back. I think that's the main thing that sucks about Instagram getting deleted. You can't remember who you were following every time. And it's like, yeah. Like, for sure. I mean, when we first when we first spoke to you, uh, I don't think any of us had ever been to like any sort of play party. No. Now I've been to three. So <laughs> you gotta come when to we work. spoke, my Internet wasn't working or something. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't even talk. <laughs> All kinds of growth. <laughs> but I want to I need to come to one of yours. Yes, you have to come to a Black and Kinky, you know, our my events. They are really good. And I love Black and Kinky because it kind of takes me away from the Dom sub stuff and just let that's like being yeah. a play party and like really be a rebel and I can just be myself. So you have to come check a party yeah. out. Yeah. How often do you have play parties or host them? Oh, last year they were just about every two to three months. This year we took a little break, but our next huge one is a weekend in New York. So it's July 15th and July 16th. It's the three year anniversary. So I'm going crazy all out and it'll be the first ever Black and Kinky in my dungeon because now we're working on the second floor. So we started on the second floor this week. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. That's so exciting. Take us through, set the scene for us. What does a Black and Kinky event look like? Okay, so a Black and Kinky event, you walk in, you have my amazing assistant, who's also my best friend, checking you in or whatever. He always flies up here from Atlanta to help me. Um, So you walk in and usually I, I like to pick venues that have intent and have like a message or meaning. I don't like to pick just, oh, I'm just going to get an Airbnb and we're all going to pile in there like, I like to pick actual venues, whether they're lofts in Soho or just other places. So you walk in and usually I always have the music set. The lights are usually always dim. My favorite lighting is red. So there's always red lights. You'll go in, you'll see other people mixing and mingling. So the thing about my parties is that you don't just jump in and start feeling like you have to do things. I pretty much see my parties as a kickback and you might see somebody fucking beside you. (laughs) Like it might just like... Like, at my parties, people drink, people smoke. We have games. We have, like, Jenga and all different types of stuff. You really just come as you are. There's no strict dress code. There's no mandatory dress down, which I know a lot of play mm-hmm. parties make people out at a certain time. I don't do that because, to me, that takes away your consent and your comfortability. You might not be ready to dress down. Um, and then you just come in, and then I have different, like, sometimes I'll bring on kinky performers to do, like, fire play and whipping. And whoever I think is hot at that moment or that people want to see, I pretty much have, like, performing we always have good food because I know a lot of people don't like to have food at their kink parties, but I do because people need to recharge and eat and stuff like that. And also, like, my thing is, after you're vetted and you pay to come to my party, your space is my space. So if you want to eat all night and not have sex and you want maybe you want to eat your piece of chicken while watching somebody get it on, that's you. Like, that's what you can do. But it's just really an overall just good time. And a lot of people have made connections. I've had people get engaged. My um, God. I've had someone that like they've been dating now for a while. Someone recently had a baby with their partner. So it's like so many different things happen. And there's also people that find themselves at my parties. Like I didn't know I was bisexual until tonight, but I love it. You know, so it's so many different things. Wow. I love that. And I'm also, it's also like so beautiful, like bringing it back to the financial conversation, the ways in which you've been able to think through, like building your business. Like, did you, always know that that was your goal or did you like kind of start to learn and think about how you wanted to reinvest the money you were making like how did that come about I think my goal was to always to be the Beyonce of BDSM that's what I call myself (laughs) I love it 
my friend, my best friend, he hates when I say that. He's like, who do you think you are? I said the Beyonce BDSM. My goal has always been to want to build within this community, but I think because of the pandemic, I was forced into it a little bit faster with building my business mm-hmm. because of just me doing my dom stuff, having my subs and my clients or whatever. Then the pandemic came and I remember I had some classes planned for the whole year of 2020. And right around that same time, I quit my nine to five. So I'm like, oh shit. So not only did I quit my job, the things I had planned to make income, I now can't do. And I have no like choice or whatever. Like I can't control that. So then I was like, how can I still reach people and teach them and stuff or whatever while everyone's in the house? And that's when I created the Sex Academy on Patreon. So now the Sex Academy has been around for two years, over 150 courses, 700 students, always growing. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like, I was able to create that and people like really loved it because it gave people opportunity to learn how to make money from home, to learn how to make money without showing their face. Um, It even goes more into just teaching you how to make money and teaching you the safety of BDSM and consent and how all these things are important and all these laws, like it really goes deep into a lot of different things. So I feel like after that, I kind of just, just kept doing all these things, kept just bouncing ideas, kept just saying like, this is what the community needs. This is what I'm seeing a lack of in our community. Cause like a lot of these parties, you see them in the white kinky community, Yep. but yeah. So it's like, I'm like, how can I bring this to the black kinky community and make it make sense and make it intentional so I pretty much just went from there and even now I'm still growing and learning I still feel like I don't have my direct formula down but I'm doing pretty well yeah wait can you say the name of the patreon again so the patreon is sex academy so that's s-e-x-c-a-d-e-m-y anything that I mentioned it's all at the links in my bios on my instagram or twitter so they could just click and just go right to it Okay, I'm like taking a personal note. You said do it without showing your face. Literally, when she said that, I was like, oh. Not only that, I knew it was a pandemic and that people were losing money. So I made it. It's literally since 2020, it's been $5 a month and has not changed. Wow. That's amazing. And that's like affordable, accessible. Yeah. Friends are like, oh, you're in so much stuff now. You're so much bigger now. Why aren't you charging more? I'm like, because it's not about that with me. It's about making stuff accessible. And as sex workers or most people come into this work, we're already feeling like we're down and out and might not have finances. Mm-hmm. So $5 a month, it goes a long way, you know? So yeah, you it are sounds a like... real one. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like resource sharing is just super important in that industry yeah. and just tricks of the trade, ways to stay safe, ways to, to protect your money, all the things you were saying. So that's super yeah. important. And it sounds like... Yeah, because when I, when I came to the industry, I didn't have any of that. I, I didn't know. Right. Stuff on Google is not it. It's like, it just reaches the sur- surface level of like, make sure you meet someone in a public place. And that's it. I'm like, I mean, there's more to it than that. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. What was your nine to five before you started this full time? So I was an assistant buyer for Gap. I worked in a kids department. Which no is way. Horrible because I don't like kids. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's it. Um, but no, I was an assistant buyer uh, for Gap. Wow. We have an ex buyer on our. Yeah. I know. I'm like, that's my world. I know so many people like Gap. Like, that's <laughs> so amazing that you were like, number one, I've heard terrible yeah. things. So and good I, for you. And I think that I've been able to also, like, my nine to five corporate work helped me transfer, like, transfer yeah. into what I'm doing, financials and all that stuff. Cause it's like, lots you know, of I, Excel. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Excel, numbers, numbers, formulas all the time. I just got so tired of it. Like, I had to get out of there. <laughs> 
Wait, so what what led you into becoming Mistress Marley? Was it just like you were so sick of your nine to five and you were like, I got to figure something out? Like what, how did you kind of come into this this world? Um, sex work was always a part of my life. So in college and undergrad, I was a stripper. Mm. Um, I was a sugar baby for a while. Still consider myself a sugar baby, but more of a sugar dominatrix. So I ain't taking no shit from nobody. Um, <laughs> Like I used to when I was younger, but I've always been into sex work. I've always owned my sexuality. So to me, it was just learning something new within sex work. So I kind of had a one up because I know some people come into this industry not knowing nothing about sex work, where I came in knowing that, okay, certain men like certain things and knowing really the tricks of the trade and all those things. So I was able to incorporate it into what I did, but I was still working my nine to five at the time and seeing clients on lunch break so it was a lot on <laughs> lunch break it was a lot it was See, a lot. we talked about this on a previous episode where we're like listen even within your nine to five like you have to hustle your nine to five and like take things away from your nine to five so you took your like buying background and applied right. it to like being able to do the finances in your work and like you were like lunch break who I'm getting bread like see y'all yeah. this is what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> it's like if anything I can just eat at my desk later like I gotta go get this money I gotta get this bread like that's yeah, I will always say it's hustling because I think what really just had me really wake up one day and like, Marley, I can't do this anymore was like, just this, it just felt like the same routine every day, wake up, get on the train. Remember like before, before pre-COVID, everyone squished like this, going, going, <laughs> even getting off work, doing this again. Like every day it was the same old thing. By the time you get home, you're tired. You got to do it all over. Like it was just, I just got tired of it. I just got so tired. Literally. Yeah. What's a, what does a day in the life look like for you now? Is every day really different? So every day, and I love that. Um, I'm an Aquarius, so we like change. We not good with same old, same old. So like, for me, it can range from anything from I wake up, I have a sub wanting to send me money or pay my bills. I might have to go to the dungeon and humiliate somebody. I might have to do a virtual session. Um, I'm planning events. I'm talking with my assistant, who's also my best friend in Atlanta, on budgeting and getting stuff for the events. I'm selling tickets. I'm updating my content that I have for subs to buy for passive income. Or I also just have days where I go and just spoil myself and go eat food and go shopping all day and then come home and sleep. So like, it just really depends. And the thing I like about this work is I take on how much I want to take on. So even if a client was to message me today and be like, hey, I want a session, I could be like, okay, well, this is when I can do it. I, I can do it in two weeks. I can do it next month. I'm not doing it tonight. So it's like, you know, being able to have that control is everything. Be your own boss, girl. <laughs> yes. have, to, have to be. I have to tell you that this is super inspiring beyond like just thinking about sex work. But I think when people hear this, they're going to be like, wow, you know, I've been wanting to start this thing. Like I should just try and like do it because that's what this is all about. I think the way you speak about like controlling and owning like what you do and having those days where you're like, I'm going to spoil myself. Like, I think that's so important as black women, because we always talk about like black women in luxury and how you rarely see it. And like black women always thinking they have to like grind and be in pain. And I think that you're showing that you can have a balance and be a happy person. Like we don't always have to be struggling. Yeah. And the good thing is being able to, you know, at the same time, build up financially and like being able to invest in other businesses, like yeah. being a, being a dom and these other businesses helped me 
be able to start up my lingerie business like it was nothing. Like I didn't Really yeah, I just started for December was I launched my baby Pink Matrix. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I launched Pink Matrix on the basis of I felt like lingerie companies were forgetting about sex workers, even though we're the number one consumer for them. Like we buy all the lingerie for our content and all that stuff. So I felt like, you know, we were kind of being forgotten about. So I made a lingerie line for sex workers by a sex worker and a percentage of each sale goes to a sex worker foundation or organization to go yes. back to health. So, um, you know, I was able to do that. And also my background, I did four years of fashion school, one year of fashion school here and graduate. So it's like, I, it's, everything's coming back full circle. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my I'm gosh. I'm obsessed. I know. I was going to say, you have a lot of things that the people can be tapping into. So I feel like before we go, do you just want to give us like a rundown? I know people can find it in your link, but you know, these people, they be lazy. They need to just hear it. And then they're going to go, oh, okay, that, let me go find that. So please <laughs> give us like the rundown and then anything else that you want to share that people can look forward to. Wait, but before we close out, before we close out, I have one yes. more question because I feel oh, like yeah, that's a close out. Okay. What are the different types of sessions? Because you did say that, like, I think you said like 95% of your clients are not even in person. Mm-hmm. What are the different types of sessions that a FinDom does? I know we said wallet drain. Yeah, so there's wallet drain. Something over here. She got her notepad. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wait, wait, what were you saying? <laughs> All these gems, right? All these gems down. So I'm about to drop some. So there's wallet draining. There's SPH, which stands for small penis humiliation. That's when a guy with a small penis comes on camera and you just make fun of it. Um, there's JOI, so that's jerk off instructions, just telling a sub how to jerk off, but you're still humiliating them while doing that's it. Hot. Um, there's foot worship where you can just get on cam and put your feet in the camera and they just worship your feet from there. There's sissy training, which I love the most. So sissy training is for men that want to learn how to apply makeup and hair like a woman and dress up. So I love to have those subs on camera and I put them in dresses and make them model for me and stuff. It's just real fun. That's my favorite. Wait, Um, question with those. Are you like being like, yes, girl. Are you like uh, laughing at them? Like, what is, um, what is the energy? (laughs) But usually the energy is like that makeup looks horrible. You can do way better. Like, why would you think? Yeah. So like, and it depends sometimes, like I have subs too that I'll give encouragement, but the subs that I can tell that don't try, they think Sissy Train is just putting on a wig from Amazon, the most, the worst wig ever. I usually go in on those subs. (laughs) Put in some effort. I said, right. Put in some effort. Oh yeah. Yeah. Put in some effort, but you know. It's fun. I love it. I, I can say that sessions, you just never know. I have one sub that just likes to wear a diaper and get on camera with me. And he just like wants to pretend to be a baby. So it's like, it's interesting. Okay. I just have another question. <laughs> are there, are there any subs that like eventually you like develop a friendship with or like, like some sort of relationship with, or is it just like strictly business? Like none of that. Um, It depends. I have a few subs that I, like are truly my servitude sub. So they'll run, they'll run errands for me around the city. If we have a party at the dungeon and I need them to clean up after, they'll come clean up. If I need a new photo shoot, they'll come be the photo shoot sub. If I'm teaching a club, I mean a class, they'll be a volunteer sub. Um, and then I have some subs over time that I've created relationships with to the point of, I wouldn't really say friendship as I'm hanging out with them one-on-one, but in the sense of when we're having a session, it's not always, uh, 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 uh. it's like, yeah. we're talking, how are you doing today? 
weekend, like, oh, I went to this place, I went to that place. How's how's your mom doing? Like certain stuff like that, you know? So it all comes down to the relationship you create because most subs, they just want to come have their session, especially with pro doms. They just want to come have their session, get their aftercare and leave. So the aftercare is like a hug or just letting them know they did okay, giving them some water and they just want to leave. But then you have some subs that truly like live to want to serve you and see how they can be a better person to you in your life. Do you feel like you're in, are, are you in character when you're with your, your subs? I don't think I'm in character because I think this is always me. Like I'm just, I just love being a funny, like upbeat person, social. Um, I'm a very dominant woman. Like even when I'm outside of work, I walk in a room with like, I'm just a confident person. I never walk into a room feeling shy or like everyone's looking at me it's like okay everyone's looking at me now what's for lunch so like it's kind of like I've always had that that air about me because my mom raised me with so much confidence she raised all her kids to have confidence they like I grew up with nothing but positive affirmation so it's like that is what transferred over to my life so I don't ever feel like I'm in a role the only time I feel like I'm in a role is when I get a sub that wants me to be truly sadistic and so just like mean to them sometimes I'm just like okay I would never say this in my regular life, but I'm going to do it in the session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask if, if it boosted your confidence or like, what is what is your profession giving you personally? We kind of talked about what it's giving you professionally, but you said you've always sort of been a confident person, but has have there been any other like sort of impacts on your sense of self? I think it's definitely um, taught me how to deal more with people. So my thing is I've always been confident, but I've not always been a people person in the sense of having people in my space, just carrying on conversation just because um, like I've been like usually in my life, I'm very picky about who I put myself around. But what is what this job has allowed me to do is come outside myself and really get to know people other than who I'm comfortable with, get to know why they like certain things they like, because not only am I learning about them. I'm learning about things that I can implement in other ways or things that might've been of interest to me that I didn't know about. So it's definitely how to like, you know, get to know other people outside of my box and also to just like, also to have patience. It's me to have a lot of patience. You have to have that. Wait, uh, pause. Shade is going to use the restroom, but I have another question. So Shade, you can go. Okay. <laughs> it's far though. So this okay, is just, like just goes, this is just going to be cut out. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> You want to mute your mute yourself though. Oh, great. I hope no one makes noise in her background. Um, okay. Um, and then I just wanted to know how has this affected like your, your dating life? If oh, it has. Yeah. So I'm dating an amazing man right now, which is good. Um, he's very accepting of what I do now, but that is not always been the case so like for me dating whether it's like hinge dating or going on a date from bumble or anything it's always something where I feel like either a I tell them what I do now or b they find out somewhere down the line and I have to talk about it and then also the thing about like because I only date black men and I like to date it's weird because like in my professional life I'm a dominatrix but when I'm with a man I like an alpha male so I can be a switch. I can be a little subby. I'm still going to have control, but I can be a little subby. So it's like, not only do I date black men, but I date black men and alpha males. So we already know how that goes. Like it's whatever. But usually <laughs> on the dates is that like, I tell them what I do and it's either A, they start getting defensive. Like, oh, you're not doing that to me. And I'm like, well, you didn't pay me. And then, <laughs> or two, they want to learn. And I'm not here to teach on a date. I do that enough in my normal life. So it's just really, it's, 
it was really hard before this new person to like really find that common ground because in the black community yeah there's a lot of black kinksters out there but that this is still not popular in our community it's nowhere near popular so you know it's just having to deal with that and having I used to feel like I had to really try to be someone else but now I'm just like I don't care like I do this this is how I make my money I probably make more money than you anyway so if you want to judge me that's fine but it's like all right either you're gonna like me or you're not yeah I love that also I'm wishing the best for that relationship too. Um, See, they're happy. She's yeah, glowing. You're <laughs> glowing. <laughs> um, but yes, Glenn, did you have another question? Or I, we- one random thing came up for me. Um, someone recently was telling me that submission is also about power. Like a sub does actually have power in the dynamic. Do you find that to be true? I think the sub has power in the way of consent. So the sub has power in being able to consent to certain things we are doing. The sub has power in the ability to stop the session when they're ready. Just like I have that power, they have that power. So if a sub says like red, because red is one of our uh, safe words in BDSM. If a sub says red, that means the, the session's done. They just controlled the whole session and ended it. Even if it was before I was ready or whatever, they have that type of power. I think a lot of people try to say, and I've seen this before too. I've seen it where people have been like, oh, well, really he has the power because he's paying you. And like, like I see that all the time, but it's like, no, I have the power in being able to say if I was going to do a session with that person, I have the power to be able to say, this is how it's going to be done. These are the tools I'm going to use. You're going to meet me here. I require this from you. You're going to do this for me. You owe me this amount of money. So I think like when people look at it as like, oh, well, he paid you, he owns you now. It all goes back to people thinking they have ownership of women. And it's like, no, he came to me. I did not seek him out. A hundred percent of doms literally do not seek subs out. We don't go right in subs inboxes. Hey, do you want a session? No, that's unheard of. They always come to us. That actually was going to be my question is where you get clients. Yeah. So a lot of my clients come either through email because I have a website, which I recommend everyone have a website because if social media drops tomorrow, at least you still have your website. Mm -hmm. Um, I have clients find me on Twitter. That's where I get a lot of my financial domination clients because on Twitter, you know, a lot of them want to be private and just virtual. So from there, they can be more anonymous on Twitter. I get some clients on Instagram, but I pretty much try not to talk with them up there only because my Instagram is sensitive. I've had to delete it so many times that I try not to go there. And then I also have clients from just going out to kinky events and networking. Like I go out to events to play and whip and spank and stuff, but I also take my business cards. So it's like, oh, you want a session with me? Here's a card. This is how you session with me, you know? So I still try to keep it professional in that sense. So clients can come literally from anywhere. I always get this question about like, where do you find your clients? They find me and they just sometimes come out the woodwork. This is you so build a brand. informative. Yes. <laughs> so before we say goodbye and let you have the rest of your amazing night, can you Give us the rundown of everything you're working on, um, anything you want to highlight and anything we may have forgotten to talk about. Yes. So, okay. So I have a virtual seminar coming up on April 20th. It is called Femdom and Fendom webinar. It's free. Um, So I have that in my bio. So everything I'm going to say today is in my bio. Um, Then I have a Dom sub party April 22nd at the dungeon. That's for all experience levels. Even if you just want to come and learn how to be a Dom or be a sub Um, in the sense of not me up there teaching you, but you being able to see what's going on in real play parties, kinky play parties, I'm having a burlesque and BDSM event on May 15th that I'm really excited for. So my good friend, Empress Lotus, who is also a dom, will be teaching burlesque. 
and I'll be teaching BDSM and it will also be a dinner. So it's like a three in one type thing. And then I have, Jesus, there's so many events. Oh, Black and Kinky is July 15th through the 16th. That's in Brooklyn. It's a pajama jam type thing. So come in your pajama jammy so you can be really comfortable. Um, and then I'm doing a castle retreat in the Poconos, September 23rd through the 25th. So it's an actual castle in Pennsylvania that I'm, that I rent out. It's our second one. So we did one last year. Um, and that's going to be all around like for Black and Kinky uh, event or whatever for people to come have sex all weekend and play all weekend and have fun. In a castle. And I asked that. Castle is crazy. It has like basketball courts and and all this type of crazy. Like it's it's amazing. Um, so that's pretty much the lineup of my events. Whips Dungeon is always available for rental. All these things I told you like before in my bio. If you want more information, just reach out. And yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Thank you for being a two-time Black girl doing shit. You've been on the show twice. We're going to keep inviting you back because you are incredible. Um, And I just wish you all the best, all the positive energy. Um, And thank you. You too. I wish you all the best. I wish Black girls in texting to even go even further. I can't wait to come back. When I come back, I won't be on Instagram page 1000. Maybe I'll still have this. But I mean, you guys are always so easy to talk to. And I, I just love, like, when I saw you hit me up, I was like, yes, I'm coming. Oh, I know okay. I'm going with the, like, late emails because my inbox is crazy with so much stuff in it. But I'm coming. I'm going to come back. So, yeah, thank you for having me back. Thank you. Well, thank so you for coming. And you look beautiful, by the way. Thanks for giving us a look. Yeah, if y'all are not, if y'all are listening to this, you should go to the YouTube and just take it all in because. Oh <laughs> I, I need to, I'm trying to become a YouTube girl. I'm trying but it's just like, oh, uh, it's so much with you. It's a I'm lot. Trying. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but I mean, people will watch your channel, so you should make one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have another one. hustle. I have one now, and it's crazy because every every video I'm like, sorry guys, I've been away for so long. I promise I'll keep doing videos. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yes. I know so, those. I won't update like six, seven months to be like, I promise I won't do it again. And then I just keep. <laughs> And we still be watching, like, kiss you come. <laughs> well, if they want to see you, make them pay. Exactly. Like, de- Venmo Here. me. Maybe I'll make videos sooner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this week for What Would You Do, um, we have a What Would You Do? Dear BGT, or this is Dear Black Girls Texting. I wanted to ask, since I know you all are professional wedding guests, <laughs> I'm a... F- I am in a friend group from high school and we were all and we are all still friends and have a group chat of our own. Actually, we all talk multiple times a week via text, if not every single day. One of the gals is getting married. The first of the group. I was invited to the bridal shower and the bachelorette trip, but was not invited to be in the wedding party. Here's the thing. I wouldn't necessarily have this girl be one of my bridesmaids either, but she asked every other girl in the group chat. And now I'm feeling some type of way. Should I go to her bridal shower and bachelorette party? I am confused why I was even invited if I'm not a part of the wedding party. What would you do? Well, I know why you were invited because a lot of people go to wedding parties and bachelorette parties and and they're not in, in the group. It is a little bit awkward or something that everybody else in the group was invited, but not you, but maybe like you said, you wouldn't have her in your thing either. 
and maybe like look at the types of relationships those other girls have with her maybe they just have deeper relationships like listen if you don't got to be involved in a whole bunch of wedding party stuff it could be a blessing in disguise girl correct i love being a bridesmaid but it's a lot of work you know it's a it's a long commitment that dress is about an extra four hundred dollars plus what damn yeah girl bridesmaid dresses are not cheap i mean some people are like extra thoughtful and like they'll like do like a dress from like I don't know, like a cheaper place and like everyone can pick their own dress, but it's like the same color or whatever the case is. But many times it might be like a $400 dress that you're never going to wear again. Um, Cause that's just what the bride had envisioned. Um, so honestly, you probably saved yourself some time, some money, <laughs> a little bit of stress because also when you're a bridesmaid, you're there helping the bride get ready you know, it's a very, like, you want to be like on your P's and Q's to make sure everything's perfect. It's a lot of pressure kind of, it can also be really great. But again, you said that you wouldn't necessarily put her in your wedding. So I agree with Glenn. I think sometimes we're in friend groups and like, that doesn't mean that the other girl's not your friend or like you guys have beef or anything, but like the group comes with different dynamics between the different people. And like, that's okay. Precisely. Yeah. I would talk to your friend about it if it like is hurting your feelings and just be like hey like I'm really excited for everything coming up with you and I'm super excited for you I am like a little in my feels that I wasn't like included and you know I just want to clear the air if you feel comfortable doing that I don't think it's before her wedding not before her wedding like like I don't know after what all the these wedding things are, but I would just say it like now to your friend, like, hey, hey can we like go grab a coffee? Can we I go grab a drink that. and chat? <laughs> because I feel like it's just a way to get something off of your chest instead of like feeling uncomfortable around it and like letting it fester as all these events go on. Because I would want to go into the wedding like feeling like the air is super cleared. Um, I know what she could. Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, I was like, gonna say I don't know how you can like make it not so intense, but like I don't I don't know if you're really in your bag about it. I feel like you can just hit her up and be like, "Hey, girl, like I'm so excited, like you said, for everything that's coming up. I'm I'm so honored I'll get to be there with you for your bridal shower and your bachelorette party. Really looking forward to celebrating you." And I feel like as soon as you say that, she might offer it up. Like she might realize, like she might be like, "I'm so glad," and like I hope that you don't take it personally that you're not in the bridal party like I could see that happening without you having to like make it a confrontation just approach it like with like gratitude and like kindness and I bet she'll say I bet she'll peep without you having my boyfriend didn't get invited to this wedding that all their friends are going to and I guess even the wedding yeah I guess he's not as close with the groom I don't really understand but the groom was just like would you design something for me for the wedding? So like you can be somewhat included. I don't really know like what that's about, but that's offensive, (laughs) but I guess he's, but maybe it was like a small, like, I don't know the, I don't think they're that, that close. work for me. You're not a guest. I mean, you want me to be included in some way, but you don't want my actual presence to be there. That's mad odd. Yeah. That's maybe it's less for me to come take the seat. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't like. That oh, see, at all. I was like, I love it. Get some money out of it. I feel like, your oh, I'm okay there. to be your, I'm okay to be your employee, but I'm not your actual guest. 
I don't like really? that. Oh, yeah, I don't I take like it that. that way. I took but, it as like, oh, that's nice. You're like there in a way, but you don't but have what, to But go if you to want me to be there in but a like way, not, then just let me be there. Yeah. But that's like, weird. also, let's give this girl advice. I think don't talk before the wedding because I think that can come off a little selfish because it's like this girl gets one wedding. You don't need to be bringing your drama about not being in the bridal shower. But also, if you're going to have negative vibes at her like bachelorette party and bridal shower, maybe don't go to that either. Right. But then that's even more weird because now it's like, what? why are you being weird? Just Versus like just, sick. I don't just being well. able to say like, oh, so now you're lying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that could, I could, that could actually spiral into something bigger. That could get worse. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think necessarily that you should talk to the girl before her wedding, like about you not being in her, her bio yeah. shower. Like it's her fucking wedding. She can pick whoever she wants. Like, sorry that it hurts your feelings, but like it's her wedding. Yeah, I don't know. I was in a bridal party that was very big and there were still like mad other girls that were involved. And I felt like we were all a part of like the bride tribe. Like, I feel like there was no hard feelings to the people that weren't actually in the bridal party. Like everybody was a part of it in a way. I think the only thing, it, it, it'll get awkward. Like if you're on the bridal, like if you're on the bachelorette party and all the girls are taking a picture together and it's like bridesmaids only, like that could like, that could strike a chord. You just got to have a little bit of humility. And I think you're so right, Chelsea. Well, maybe like, figure I don't, I don't out why it, you feel a way about it. You know, mm-hmm. like w- maybe figure out what is making you feel weird about it. And if it's you feel just left out. Left out. she feels left out, she's in a group chat and she's the only one. She feels left yeah, out. Yeah, but you yeah. said not you even wouldn't that include her in your own thing. Right. So, so like, it's like not that deep. It, she just it, feels it left seems out. like it's not that deep. Yeah, it's or just the human thing more of to feeling the left out. Story? Yeah, it's literally like a, that's such a, that's literally a great way to put it. I feel like sometimes humans just fucking feel left out. Oh, <laughs> like they don't, yeah. you know, when you want to get invited to something, but like but you don't when go. you get invited, you're like, I don't even want to go. Then don't say anything. If it's, if, if you're like, if that's the reason why, cause you just feel left out, then don't say shit. If the, re- <laughs> like, I feel like that's suck it up, no offense, right in your diary. No, seriously, that's kind of <laughs> stupid. If I was in my feelings because I was like, wow, you know, I really had expectations that like you would include me and I, it, it means something to your relationship or like it's going to t- spiral into something else then maybe like just clear the air but if it's literally you just being like I feel left out then I personally think that's a bit silly yeah this is also kind of different like because I've had a similar experience but like I knew the bride the shortest amount of time versus like this listener has known these people since high school they she said they're all a friend group from high school but like even still, like it's not necessarily about the length of time. I don't know, girl. Write it about it in your diary. I I don't think it's worth causing a fuss about this girl at this girl's wedding. You gotta or, suck like, it up, sis. Not really about you. And try your best not to talk shit about it with other people inside group chats, because then it'll also get messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try your best, but like it's enjoy normal. your saved money. <laughs> right, you saved a four hundred dollars. Maybe you should buy yourself something nice. Please don't encourage this behavior. <laughs> um, okay, good luck, girl. Um, yes. Anyways, thanks for listening. Good luck to that listener. If you want to give us a follow up, feel free. Um, also follow us on Instagram. There's lots of like little juicy posts recently, um, so you can engage mm. there. Our Instagram is Black Girls Texting. Our Twitter is Black Girls Text One. Um, our Patreon's Black Girls Texting. YouTube's Black Girls Texting. Website's Black Girls Texting. Everything is Black Girls Texting. Because the brand is strong and consistent. So join the bandwagon before it's too late and there's no more seats for you. 
Eh. By the way. I, I think there'll always be seats, personally. <laughs> but yes, please join. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll be at capacity. Right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.